Welcome to Social Workers Break Room. This is Imelda. And I'm Jennifer. And today we bring you 2020 Season 1 Finale Dumpster Fire Edition. It's a rock and roll music. Something about copyright. Stay with us. got awfully quiet <laughs> flames <laughs> i'm thinking of the dumpster fire that i saw yesterday like no, it's like like monster trucks yeah type of thing yeah that's what i was going for punk you got it <laughs> you took me you took me mentally there so excellent <laughs> my generic ballad <laughs> this is it we made it to the end of 2020 fam so Woo-hoo. you have survived one of the most different years we have had in least a century to say the least yes um we know we want to start off with this very last episode of 2020 by saying thank you thank you thank you for your response your support for this baby podcast it has been incredible and we are very very grateful for you we have seen the growth of the account and the podcast over the past six months i was telling uh, jennifer that we have a baby podcast that is now crawling and now eating solids. Yeah. And we are uh, still in PJ's sensory motor stage. We'll be for quite some time. <laughs> quite We're some. hoping for some gross motor skills soon. <laughs> yes, but we couldn't have done it without you. Um, I feel that... You know, we're just uh, doing a recap of the year. Um, and since our launch day in July 30th, uh, we have gone from 15,000 friends to over 23,000 friends on Instagram. And we're so close to our 10,000 downloads Woo! on our podcast, which is crazy, crazy once we put it into perspective yeah. uh, when we started we were like, you know, even if we have a few people who listen and who like what we say and who understand our humor, that will be a big win. But 10,000, it's such an amazing accomplishment. So we want to thank all of you for supporting us and for listening. And if you have a company or a business that you would like to sponsor or advertise with us, um, please let us know. You can contact us at info at socialworkersbreakroom.com. We will be diving into more of that in 2021. So we're excited. So of course, this wouldn't be an end of the year episode without some recaps and favorite moments of the year. So we want to share some of our favorite episodes. Mine is episode 11, which was, uh, you know, the, the one right before this is the three easy stress, stress management techniques for your daily life. Uh, I think it launched in November 12th and I really like it because it brings us Back to basics. Um, some of these techniques might seem so simple, but they are really effective and extremely useful for your practice as a professional, but use also useful in your personal life. Uh, what is one of your favorite episodes, Jennifer? Well, I was mad because Imelda took mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, I think really such an impactful episode for the reasons that Imelda stated. We are, you know, talking before we were recording about building that really solid foundation that a lot of times, especially as we continue in our career, we get excited as we do these new trainings and we learn new skills and we want to share them, but to build that really solid foundation. And I think those three techniques are things that will come up over and over again with you. And again, things that you can use in your personal life Mm -hmm. with friends. I remember, you know, one of my 
first days at the hospital, I had a friend call me having a panic attack. And I went, oh my gosh, I'm a therapist. I'm working here as a therapist and I'm not quite sure what to do right now. And if I could reach back to baby social work Jennifer and give her that Mm -hmm. podcast, I would. And then she could send it to her friend and maintain healthy boundaries. Yep. Um, I think my other favorite one um, is our activism and advocacy podcast. So that was the October 29th episode, uh, because that's still one of the questions I get the most is, you know, you don't have a job that's in PAC or in a policy advocacy or community position. And, you know, how do you stay in both worlds? How do you not let it suck the life out of you? How do you not let it drain you? How do you set boundaries? And, you know, whether you are getting that from school, some schools of social work give you one macro class, some of them give you a ton, depending on if you're, you know, advanced direct practice generalist, or if you end up in one of those policy degrees, Uh, people get varying degrees of it. So I think it's a good way for us to kind of ground and center that commitment that we have as a part of the code of ethics to be in both micro and macro work and worlds, you know, how to start to dip your toe into that world without feeling like you have to jump all the way in and, you know, start to doggy paddle. (laughs) Again, because people think it has to be all in, all consuming or like a no boundaries thing. um, I think it's a good one to revisit again, if you haven't listened to it yet, or maybe for those of you, especially those of you who are big planners um, and like to set goals for the new year, uh, if you were looking at maybe doing some pack stuff or some macro stuff would be in your 2021 plans uh, to revisit it and see how easily you can slide it into your life. There you go. And speaking of 2021, uh, we have seen um, a great response in our social media channels. And there are so many social work, amazing social workers out there doing incredible work and improving lives and systems around the nation and even around the world. We have listeners from the UK, we're from listeners from other countries. So um, we are always so excited to connect with all of you and meet other social workers who are doing incredible things. Uh, And so in 2021, we want to be more intentional and share this space with you. Um, This is not just a space for Jennifer and I to share our shenanigans, but we also want to make sure that uh, we're giving others a space to share all the incredible things that you're doing. So if you're interested in joining us as a guest speaker on the show or do a a takeover day on our Instagram account, uh, or if If you have a request for an interview or you want to connect with us for a a special project or an assignment that you might have for your student, we would love to hear from you. And we have made this process a little bit easier for everyone um, to make it more simplified, I guess. So we have created a form where you can go and request, um, you can select if you are requesting for you to be a guest speaker, a podcast, if you want to do a takeover, or if you're requesting an interview or some other form of, you know, working with us in some other level. So all you have to do is go to the link in our bio, and there's a link um, uh, in our bio on Instagram, and go to the collaboration request section of the link tree, and... You will be able to submit your information there. And you can also find this link on our website. Um, And I think this is an easy way to put in your information to make sure that we're contacting you in the right place and that you're able to select, you know, what is the level of involvement that you would like to have with our podcast as a guest speaker, do a takeover or any other form of collaboration. 
Yes, because as much as we love you sliding into our DMs, um, you know, when there are several <laughs> thousands of you uh, reacting to stories, we don't want to miss your really important requests. We would love to help. We would love to collaborate. We would love to be really intentional about those interactions. Uh, but sometimes you get lost amongst all the hard emojis, and we don't want that to happen. Yep. So we know that 2020 has been a very different year and some of those differences may be here to stay. So we wanted to highlight some of the successes and challenges we've seen from 2020 that we think might be likely to continue in 2021 and see if we can provide a little bit of shaping to those on how we might make those a little bit easier or a little bit more tolerable to continue into the next year. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about teaching and going to school online for for social work. And, you know, if you have children who are learning from home. So if you're teaching, you know, keep it engaging, be flexible with your students, uh, make sure that they know what to expect. They know where to reach out to you. Mm -hmm. If you're a student, make sure that your professors know that if you're having any issues, you know, during the class, if you're going to turn in your work late, if you're having um, something come up, always communicate with your teachers, your professors. Uh, you know, your professors are humans too, and they have full-time jobs. Make sure that you're always in communication with them and and give them, you know, and enough um, flexibility as well uh, for grading. You know, I, I know sometimes it's frustrating when your professors are not grading your assignments as fast as you would like to see your grades. But um, like in my case, I have a full-time job too. So sometimes it's it's harder to to be that reactive um, with our students. So, you know, always keep in mind that um, everyone has a life outside of the class and that it's important to to keep those boundaries with them. Also, if you're a student, take more notes, make sure that you are, you know, downloading the lecture materials or record the lectures to review them later and keep distractions and other devices very low. Um, it's it's really hard when you're doing it at home when, with so many distractions around you. If you are trying to work or, you know, go to class, but you also have children who are learning from home, it's, it's hard to manage it all. So make sure that distractions are kept low. I mean, we actually have a full episode on social work students and do's and don'ts and tips and tricks and our advice as professors too. So you can check out more information on that at the episode number six. And also we have a full episode on how to social work during COVID since, you know, it seems like COVID is not going away for any anytime soon. Um, it's still very relevant and that it's episode number four. Uh, so if you have not checked them out yet, we highly encourage you to. So a lot of different changes have come up, and I think for a lot of agencies and practitioners, telehealth was new, and it came on very suddenly for a lot of us. So one of the most important things I think you and your agency can do going into 2021 is reviewing your consent forms with state and federal laws. So when the pandemic first hit, a lot of exceptions were granted or waivers were put into place. But as we continue into what might be the new normal, as you know, insurance companies permanently allow that telehealth mo modifier, if your state board is allowing you to count hours via video, reviewing the exceptions and the waivers, are they starting? Are they stopping? 
And a lot of states had laws or guidelines in place for telehealth pre-pandemic. So you might want to review those. Uh, Your agency may need to have certain consent forms or things added to their informed consent. You may need additional things added to your note that say about the disposition that you inform the patient of the risks and benefits of telehealth. So making sure that you're getting those plans in place now uh, before your state suddenly says, okay, we're going to allow telehealth forever. However, all pre-pandemic guidelines or, you know, the waiver expires on December 31st, 2020, and we're not waiving any of these, you know, if you commit a HIPAA violation, intentional or not, you know, you are going to be held fully accountable for it if it's not documented in a certain way. So getting up to date on those and making sure that your agency is. For those of you in private practice, you probably have a lot of control and autonomy. For those of you at agencies, you might not have quite that much control or autonomy, but you want to protect your license and protect your viability in your career, but making sure you know what you have to do as an individual and pairing with your supervisor, manager, or other agency directors around that. Another thing I noticed that's been really hard is for people to actually transition providing services over telehealth. An exciting thing that I'm seeing is more and more trainings are popping up. So folks who have been doing telehealth, you know, some people for decades now um, has been their primary form of engagement with folks. So if you still don't feel good about it, it's likely to continue. Some of you may have, again, that autonomy in that agency to say, no, this isn't for me and I'm not going to do it. Um, But for a lot of us, we're not in quite that position. So if you still don't feel good about it, seeking out that extra learning and supports that you can. Another thing I know that I did uh, was finding new materials and ways to keeping it engaging. A lot of my work, especially with youth, looks a lot different now than it did in office uh, because I stopped trying to make it the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really dependent on a couple um, skills and, you know, ways of playing and engaging with children and youth uh, like, you know, Uno and Jenga and, you know, story cubes and things of that nature that were really fun that I've noticed were really difficult or the screen sharing didn't quite mm-hmm work or can be a little bit frustrating over the computer. So I found a lot of new and better ways to engage, virtual sand trays, things that you can do over screen sharing, but it has been quite different for me. Exactly. I think in um, 2020 has, it has been challenging for so many reasons, but I feel that at the beginning of 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were all trying to transition everything that we used to do in person just transition to that virtually and we learned very quickly that it does not work like that you cannot just do everything that we were supposed to do in person do it virtually um i speak from experience you know working in fundraising and working more in a macro setting that we were trying to like do everything what we were supposed to do in our (laughs) calendar year our events and activities and everything just do it virtually and you know that didn't work out as as we had planned so we feel like Working remotely, doing telehealth, doing virtual school, all that is here to stay for quite some time. And finding what works for that setting, it's very, very important. You know, what activities are more appropriate to do virtually and which ones are better to just hold off on, you know, until we can meet in person. Exactly. And I feel like there's been a lot of advantages to it or a lot of things that I may not have tried if we were not in a telehealth setting or things that make it a little bit different for the client's Mm -hmm. experience. So I know for adults, it's been really great for me when I set goals, something as simple as taking your blood pressure medication every day. You know, when I'm on the phone or I'm in a telehealth session, I get to say, great, you also drink coffee every morning. So right now, 
Now, when you go home right now, because we're in telehealth and we're on the phone, go grab your pills and put them by the coffee pot so you don't forget. Or it sounds like your goal between today and tomorrow is to read a book for 20 minutes before bed. So let's go grab that book again right now. Uh, Tell me what it's called. And should we put it on your nightstand? Or one of my favorite ones is making clients put it in the pillowcase. So when they go to lay down, they go, oh, book. Um, And then unpacking that again in real time. So what might get in the way of you reading that book tonight or of achieving your goal? Oh, it's putting the kids to bed. Cool. Let's text your partner right now, you know, to tell them that you need help putting the kids to bed tonight. So they're not, so your partner's not surprised or frustrated tonight when you tell them like, surprise, you have to put the kids to bed because I told my therapist I'm going to read. So it's the same basic model of treatment, but instead of their goals and barriers having to fight with everything that gets in the way between the office and home, you know, you come home and there's dishes and there's kids that need help with homework and there's work projects. And then you relax and suddenly it's the morning and their pills were never put by the coffee pot or the book was never on the nightstand or they didn't get the support they needed at bedtime. So it makes a lot of that problem solving more real time so that we can start that snowball of success in the session before it's even over. Exactly. And if I feel like if we don't manage that snowball, um, it can lead to burnout, which is, you know, the next topic that we want to talk about that. Unfortunately, it's very likely that that burnout feeling that a lot of us are feeling right now, it's going to continue until, you know, the first few months of 2021 um, as things continue the way they are, especially with uh, COVID cases, unfortunately. So knowing and managing your own stress level, especially as we see cases um, spiking again uh, around the U.S., it's it's very important. Communicating that with your supervisors, with your field instructors. Um, if you are not feeling very comfortable uh, resuming activities in person, you know, visiting clients in their homes, etc., it's important that you share that with your field instructors and your supervisors in your settings. Um And also very important to get connected to your own therapy, uh, your own natural supports, as we were talking about, and um, take care of your own health before it becomes a crisis. And you can hear more about this in our COVID episode, uh, which is episode four. And like we mentioned earlier, um, you can also check the three stress management techniques, uh, episode 11, that might be useful for you and your clients. Another thing that we've encountered recently is there are just more humans in our home lately than maybe we expected. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have multiple people working from home, which has happened to a lot of people who are partnered or living intergenerationally. So if this is going to be a continued normal in your home, what can be best done to leverage the space that you have? Or for those of you who might be in a position to kind of change the space that you have is now the time to, you know, request a raise or a stipend, or maybe you were getting one or a bonus, you know, is it possible to create a new space to sign a different apartment lease? If your current layout doesn't work for you, if you need more space and that's something you can expand upon. Awesome. If it's something that you can't, that's also totally normal. Or maybe it's something that you it may not be permanent. So it's not the best choice for you and your family. So can you do something like convert a closet? Can you put a desk in a new area of your home? And kind of thinking through how you'll set boundaries or create those sacred spaces in your home that aren't places of work. So deciding where is my workspace and where is my non-workspace? 
you know, it reminds me a lot of CBTI, which is CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, um, which if you're not trained in, the VA and the Medical University of South Carolina both have great resources that we'll post on the website. But you make it really specific that you make the bed a special place just for sleep and sex Mm -hmm. and nothing else. So do you have a place that you can make just for work or just for school? And if you can't, can you create a ritual around that? Can you close the laptop or close the door? And that's when you decide, I don't open that door again. I don't open my laptop again. And some people have even found it helpful to do things like drive around the block for 20 minutes after work, listening to their favorite music, podcasts, you know, like this one, Um, (laughs) or their typical drive time routine. If there's a radio station you always listen to, if there is a gas station you always got an iced tea from on the way home and give them that time and space to decompress, to replicate their commute. Yeah. You know, right now you were mentioning about... um the layout of, of the space and, you know, finding a place that works for you. I, I live in an apartment. I live with my partner and we both work from home. So it has been challenging finding a space, especially when we have soup meetings and mm. we don't want to see the other person like, you know, walking behind us. Uh, so something that I noticed that, or I finally came to the conclusion that it works for me. Um, I purchased a rolling desk. Mm. So it's a, you know, it's not a big desk, but it, it's enough, big enough to fit my computer and my notepad and all that. And um, I just move it around the apartment whenever whenever it's needed, um, especially since I have my partner at home. I'm able to, you know, point it towards the wall. So there's, you know, some privacy there. Um, or, you know, if someone is in a meeting, I move to the other room. So I'm able to have my workspace mobile and, and it has worked for me. So finding something that works not only for you, but also for the other people that work in your home, especially if you have kids who are learning from home too. Exactly. So we know a lot of kiddos um, that are home right now may not be going home or may not be going back to school or daycare, especially after a break. Um, And that can be for different reasons and different lengths of time. It might be an extended break. It might be that School isn't going back for the rest of the year. It might be a long pause at daycare for quarantine reasons. So we know as most social workers face every day that there's largely insufficient support from the government on this. So we kind of have to plan ahead a little bit. So for those of you who are in a two-parent or two-adult household, um, have you had a conversation with your partner about the division of child care and household responsibilities? Same thing, have you had a conversation with children who are older or who may be able to be more self-directed or assist with chores? You know, there's going to be, if you haven't experienced it already this year, there's more (laughs) dishes, more toilet paper used, a higher power bill, no commute time to decompress, unless you take the suggestion above. Um, There may be no school lunch or it may not be prepared. So we know a lot of negative things coming out of us come out of us assuming. So blocking out time over the break to discuss wants and needs is really a gift to yourself in the future. And as you navigate the rest of the year, whether we know what it looks like or whether we're creating a really solid plan B. And we know it has been an impossibly tough year for many of you, and it challenged everyone in new ways, new and unique ways. We have had to come up with solutions to things that we never thought we would need to. Um, so we just want to say thanks for, you know, bringing our break roomies in 2020. And I feel like we have all navigated all this weird times together in new times. Uh, we have loved having you as a new member of our family and that you choose to bring us into your ears, in your homes, in your cars, in your classrooms. Um, give yourself 
a pause and a pat on the back for making it through through this year and treat yourself to some laughs on our page um share with your friends too and we want to wish you a very happy new year and we'll see you in 2021 we did it we did it we did it yeah